prayers by the demigods for lord krishna in the womb king kansa not only occupied the kingdoms of the yadu bhoja and andaka dynasties and the kingdom of sursena but he also made alliances with all the other demonic kings as follow the demon paralamba demon vaka demon kanura demon trinavatra demon aghasura demon mustika demon arista demon divida demon putna demon kesi and demon dhenuka at that time jarasand was the king of magadh province presently known as bihar state thus by his diplomatic policy kansa consolidated the most powerful kingdom of his time under the protection of jarasand he made further alliances with such kings as banasura and bhomasura until he was the strongest then he began to behave most inimically toward the yadu dynasty into which krishna was to take his birth being harassed by kansa the king of the yadu bhoja and andaka dynasties began to take shelter in different states such as the state of the kurus the state of the panatals and the state known as kakeya salwa vetrava nisadha videha and koshla kansa broke the solidity of the yadu kingdom as well as the bhoja and the andaka he made his position the most solid within the vast tract of land known at that time as bharatvarsha when kansa was killing the six babies of devaki and vasudev one after another many friends and relatives of kansa approached him and requested him to discontinue these heinous activities but all of them became worshipper of kansa when devaki became pregnant for the seventh time a plainly expansion of krishna known as ananta appeared within her womb devaki was overwhelmed with pure jubilation and lamentation she was joyful for she could understand that lord vishnu had taken shelter within her womb but at the same time she was sorry that as soon as her child would come out kansa would kill him at that time the supreme personality of godhead krishna being compassionate upon the yadus who were fearful due to the atrocities committed by kansa or ordered the appearance of yogmaya his eternal potency krishna is the lord of the universe but he is especially the lord of the yadu dynasty next part will come in next episode yogmaya is the principal potency of the personality of godhead in the vedas 
it is stated that the lord the supreme personality of godhead has multipotencies all the different potencies are acting externally and internally and yogmaya is the chief of all potencies the lord ordered the appearance of yogmaya in the land of brajbhumi in vrindavan which is always decorated and full with beautiful cows in vrindavan rohini one of the wives of vasudeva was residing at the house of king nanda and queen yashoda not only rohini but many others in the yadu dynasty were scattered all over the country due to their fear of the atrocities of kansa some of them were even living in the caves of the mountains the lord thus informed yogmaya under the imprisonment of kansa are devaki and vasudev and at the present moment my plenary expansion sesa is within the womb of devaki you can arrange the transfer of sesa from the womb of devaki to the womb of rohini after this arrangement i am personally going to appear in the womb of devaki with my full potencies then i shall appear as the son of devaki and vasudeva and you shall appear as the daughter of nanda and yasoda in vrindavan since you will appear as my contemporary sister and since you will quickly satisfy desires for sense gratification people within the world will worship you with all kinds of valuable presentations incense candles flowers and offerings of sacrifice people who are after materialistic perfection will worship you under the different forms of your expansion which will be named durga bhadrakali vijaya vaishnavi kumuda chandi krishna madhvi kanakya maya narayani ishani sarda and ambika krishna and yogmaya appeared as brother and sister the supreme powerful and the supreme power although there is no clear distinction between the powerful and the power power is always subordinate to the powerful those who are materialistic are worshipper of the power but those who are transcendentalistics are worshipper of the powerful krishna is the supreme powerful and durga is the supreme power within the material world actually people in the vedic culture worship both the powerful and the power there are many hundreds and thousands of temples of vishnu and devi and sometimes they are worshiped simultaneously the worshipper of the power durga or the external energy
energy of Krishna may achieve all kinds of material success very easily. But anyone who wants to be elevated transcendentally must engage in the worshipping the powerful in Krishna consciousness. The Lord also declared to Yogmaya, My plenary expansion, Anandsesa, is within the womb of Devaki. On account of being forcibly attracted to the womb of Rohini, he will be known as Sanskarsana and will be the source of all spiritual power or Bala by which one can attain the highest bliss of life which is called Ramana. Therefore, the plenary portion, Ananta, will be known after his appearance, either as a Sanskarsana or as a Balrama. In the Upanishad, it is stated, Nayam Atma Bala Hine Na Labhya The purpose is that one cannot attain the supreme platform of self-realization without being sufficiently favored by Balrama. Bala doesn't mean physical strength. No one can attain spiritual perfection by physical strength. One must have the spiritual strength which is infused by Balrama or Sanskarsana. Ananta or Sesa is the source of the power which sustains all the planets in their different positions. Materially, this sustaining power is known as the law of gravitation. But actually, it is a display of the potency of Sanskarsana. Balrama or Sanskarsana is the source of spiritual power or the original spiritual master. Therefore, Lord Nityananda Prabhu, who is also the incarnation of Balrama, is the original spiritual master. And the spiritual master is the representative of Balrama, the form of the supreme personality of Godhead, who supplies spiritual strength. Thus, Ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yogmaya circumambulated the Lord and then appeared within this material world according to his order. When Yogmaya, the supreme power of the supermally powerful personality of Godhead, transferred Lord Sesa from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini. Both Devaki and Rohini were under Yogmaya's spell, which is called Yoga Nindra. When this was done, people thought that Devaki's seventh pregnancy had been a miscarriage. Thus, although Balrama appeared as the son of Devaki, he was transferred to the womb of Rohini to appear as her son. After this arrangement, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, 
who is always ready to protect his unalloyed devotees interred within the mind of vasudeva as the lord of the whole creation with full inconceivable potencies it is understood in this connection that lord krishna first of all situated himself in the unalloyed heart of vasudeva and was then transferred to the heart of devaki he was not put into the womb of devaki by seminal discharge the supreme personality of godhead by his inconceivable potency can appear in any way it is not necessary for him to appear in the ordinary way by seminal injection within the womb of a woman when vasudeva was sustaining the form of the supreme personality of godhead within his heart he appeared just like the glowing sun whose shining rays are always unbearable and scorching to the common man the form of the lord situated in the pure unalloyed heart of vasudeva is not different from the original form of krishna the appearance of the form of krishna anywhere and especially within the heart is called dhama dhama refers not only to krishna form but also to his name his qualities and his paraphernalia everything becomes manifest simultaneously thus the eternal form of supreme personality of godhead with full potencies was transferred from the mind of vasudeva to the mind of devaki exactly as the setting sun's rays are transferred to the full moon rising in the east krishna the supreme personality of godhead thus entered the body of devaki from the body of vasudeva without being subject to any of the conditions of an ordinary living entity since krishna was there it is to be understood that all his plenary expansion such as narayana and incarnations like lord narsimha and vara were with him and they also were not subject to the conditions of material existence in this way devaki became the residence of the supreme personality of godhead who is one without a second and the cause of all creation devaki became the residence of the absolute truth but because she was confined within the house of kansa she looked just like a suppressed fire or like misused education when fire is kept in a jug the illuminating rays of the fire cannot be very much appreciated similarly misused knowledge which doesn't benefit the people in general is not very much appreciated so devki was kept within the prison wall of kansa's palace and no one could see her transcendental beauty which resulted from her 
conceiving the supreme personality of Godhead. Kansa, however, saw the transcendental beauty of his sister Devki, and he at once concluded that the supreme personality of Godhead had taken shelter in her womb. She had never before looked so wonderfully beautiful. He could distinctly understand that there was something wonderful within the womb of Devaki. In this way, Kansa became perturbed because he was sure that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who would kill him in the future, had now come. Kansa began to think, what is to be done with Devaki? Surely, she has Vishnu or Krishna within her womb. So it is certain that Krishna has come to execute the mission of the demigods. And even if I immediately kill Devaki, his mission cannot be frustrated. Kansa knew very well that no one can frustrate the purpose of Vishnu. Any intelligent man can understand that the laws of God cannot be violated. His purpose will be served in spite of all impediments offered by the demons. Kansa thought, if I kill Devki at the present moment, Vishnu will enforce his supreme will more vehemently. To kill Devki just now would be a most abominable act. No one desire to kill his reputation, even in an awkward situation. If I kill Devki, now my reputation will be spoiled. Devki is a woman and she is under my shelter. She is pregnant and if I kill her, Immediately, my reputation, the result of my pious activities and my duration of life will be finished. He further deliberated, a person who is too cruel is so good as dead even in this lifetime. No one likes a cruel person during his lifetime and after his death, people curse him. On account of his self-identification with the body, he must be degraded and pushed into the darkest region of hell. Kansa thus meditated on all the pros and cons of killing Devki at that time. Kans finally decided not to kill Devki right away, but to wait for the inevitable future. But his mind became absorbed in animosity against the personality of Godhead. He patiently waited for the delivery of the child, expecting to kill him as he had done previously with the other babies of Devki. 
thus being merged in the ocean of animosity against the personality of godhead he began to think of krishna or vishnu while sitting while sleeping while walking while eating while working in all the situations of his life his mind became so much absorbed with the thought of the supreme personality of godhead that indirectly he could see only krishna or vishnu around him unfortunately although his mind was so absorbed in the thought of vishnu his not recognized as a devotee because he was thinking of krishna as an enemy the state of mind of a great devotee is also to be always absorbed in krishna but a devotee thinks of him favorably not unfavorably to think of krishna favorably is a krishna consciousness but to think of krishna unfavorably is not krishna consciousness at this time lord brahma and lord shiva accompanied by great sages like narada and followed by many other demigods invisibly appeared in the house of kansa they began to pray to the supreme personality of godhead in select verses which are very pleasing to the devotees and which award fulfillment of their desires the first word they spoke acclaimed that the lord is true to his vow as stated in the bhagavad gita krishna descends to this material world just to protect the pious and destroy the empires that is his vow the demigods could understand that the lord had taken his residence within the womb of devaki to fulfill his vow and they were very glad that the lord was appearing in order to fulfill his mission then the demigods addressed the lord as satyam param or the supreme absolute truth everyone is searching after the truth that is the philosophical way of life the demigods give information that the supreme absolute truth is krishna one who becomes fully krishna conscious can attain the absolute truth krishna is the absolute truth because unlike relative truth he is truth in all the three phases of eternal time time is divided into past present and future krishna is truth always past present and future in the material world everything is being controlled by supreme time in the course of past present and future but before the creation krishna was existing and when there is creation everything is resting in krishna and when his creation is finished krishna will remain therefore he is the absolute truth in all circumstances if there is any truth within this material world it emanates from the supreme truth 
Krishna. If there is any opulence within this material world, the cause of the opulence is Krishna. If there is any reputation within this material world, the cause of the reputation is Krishna. If there is any strength within this material world, the cause of such strength is Krishna. If there is any wisdom and education within this material world, the cause of such wisdom and education is Krishna. Therefore, Krishna is the source of all relative truths. This material world is composed of five principal elements earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And all such elements are emanation from Krishna. The material scientist accept these five primary elements as the cause of the material manifestation. But the elements in their gross and subtle states are produced by Krishna. The living entities who are working within this material world are products of his marginal potency. In the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly stated that the whole manifestation is a combination of two kinds of energies of Krishna, the superior energy and the inferior energy. The living entities are the superior energy and the dead material elements are his inferior energy. In its dormant stage, everything remains in Krishna. The demigods continued to offer their respectful prayers unto the supreme form of the personality of Godhead, Krishna, by analytical study of the material manifestation. What is this material manifestation? It is just like a tree. A tree stands on the ground. Similarly, the tree of the material manifestation is standing on the ground of material nature. This material manifestation is compared to a tree because a tree is ultimately cut off in due course of time. A tree is called Vriksha. Vriksha means the thing which will be ultimately cut off. Therefore, this tree of the material manifestation cannot be accepted as the ultimate truth because it is influenced by time. But Krishna's body is eternal. He existed before the material manifestation. He is existing while the material manifestation is continuing and when it will be dissolved, he will continue to exist. Therefore, only Krishna can be accepted as the Absolute Truth. The Katha Upanishad also cites 
this example of the tree of the material manifestation standing on the ground of material nature this tree has two kinds of fruits distress and happiness those who are living in the tree of the body are just like two birds one bird is the localized aspect of krishna known as the parmatma and the other bird is the living entity the living entity is eating the fruits of this material manifestation sometimes he eats the fruits of happiness and sometimes he eats the fruits of distress but the other bird is not interested in eating the fruit of distress or happiness because he is self satisfied the katha upanishad states that one bird on the tree of the body is eating the fruits and the other bird is simply witnessing the roots of this tree extend in three direction this means that the root of the tree is the three modes of material nature goodness passion and ignorance just as the tree's root expands so by association of the modes of material nature one expands his duration of material existence the tastes of the fruits are of four kinds religiosity economic development sense gratification and ultimately liberation according to the different associations in the three modes of material nature the living entities are tasting different kinds of religiosity different kinds of economic development different kinds of sense gratification and different kind of liberation practically all material work is performed in ignorance but because there are three qualities sometimes the quality of ignorance is covered with goodness or passion the taste of these material fruits is accepted through five senses the five sense organs through which knowledge is acquired are subjected to six kinds of whips lamentation illusion infirmity death hunger and thirst this material body or the material manifestation is covered by seven layers skin flesh blood marrow bone fat and semen the branches of the tree are eight earth water fire air ether mind intelligence and ego there are nine gates in this body the two eyes two nostrils two ears one mouth one genital one rectum 
and there are ten kinds of internal air passing within the body prana apna udana vyana samana etc the two birds seated in this trees as explained above are the living entity and the localized supreme personality of god hate paramatma